Welcome to another episode of Should You Take That Case with your host, Lisa Wade, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, owner of Wade Nurse Consultants, and creator of our private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That is where we get all of our stellar attorney guests. The goal of our show is to be a resource for legal professionals who pursue medical cases by sharing their experience and insights as defense or as plaintiff attorneys. You can catch prior episodes at www.wadenurseconsultants.com slash blog on LinkedIn and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Now here's the host of Should You Take That Case, Lisa Wade. We are live. Yes. Welcome back to another episode of Should You Take That Case? Yay, we're here. And our goal on this show is to be a resource for other legal professionals like yourselves uh, who pursue medical cases or uh, medically related cases and uh, to share our experiences and insights, whether you are defense or plaintiff attorneys. Welcome back. I'm your host, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, Lisa Wade, and owner of Wade Nurse Consultants. But I am also oh, there, Wade Nurse Consultants. <laughs> but I am also the creator of our private LinkedIn community, Attorney Medical Record Resource Group, and that's where we get all our wonderful attorneys that we are interviewing. It's a, a, a wealth of knowledge and experience, that's for sure. So we are going to gather some of that knowledge and experience from Jim DeSimone today, and he's coming up pretty soon. But first, we're going to scoot over to the comments and the, the chat box and see if we have any visitors live today. Welcome. Thanks for spending your time with us. If you if you're catching us on the replay, wonderful. Thank you for spending your time looking and listening. If you are a brand new viewer too, should you take that case, put an N in that chat box, that comment box. But if you are a veteran viewer, you've done this before, even once, put a V in that box just so we can see you, know that you're here and to say hello. If you also are you are part of a wonderful group, Women Owned Law, look them up. It is a, a wonderful source of support for uh, women legal entrepreneurs. If you're a member of that group, put a W in that chat so we can say hello to you. And if you're an entrepreneur of any ilk, please put an E in that chat just so we can know that you are here with us today and I can say thank you for your time. Now on to Jim DeSimone. I'm going to introduce him and he's going to be here right after that. Now Jim DeSimone is the founder of the James DeSimone Law, a Los Angeles-based litigation practice located in Marina Del Rey and that is where they work on civil rights cases, including employment cases, police brutality cases, and cases where people are harmed or injured through abuses of power or negligence. 
Jim is a trial lawyer going to bat for people against corporations and the government and has achieved groundbreaking trial verdicts and appellate victories in civil rights and employment cases. He has been named a top employment lawyer in California by the Daily Journal for the past 10 years. Jim has been named a top 100 Southern California super lawyer for the past four years and has been honored as a best lawyer in the United States of America. In 2014, Jim was honored with a California Lawyer Attorney of the Year Award for Civil Rights Lawyer of the Year. In 2018, Jim was named Trial Lawyer of the Year by the West Side Bar Association. And now I bring to you Jim DeSimone. There you are. Welcome, Jim. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for having me today. Oh, it's it's definitely wonderful that you're you're here and that you have time to come and visit us today. <laughs> Share all of your knowledge and experience, and we are happy you're here. And um, and definitely glad to see you. We're gonna ask you a. a several questions about, you know, how you manage your cases, medical records, things of that nature. But first, we want to hear all about you and what led you to this type of law practice. You can go as far back as you like. You can go to the womb if you need to. But <laughs> just tell us everything. <laughs> well, I graduated UCLA Law School in 1985, and back then, you know, there wasn't uh, the type of access to resources that we have now where you couldn't Google it back then. So I graduated <laughs> law school knowing that I wanted to do something that would help people. I mean, I, I, I knew I could make a living being a lawyer, but I didn't want to be a lawyer that ended up um, not being of a benefit to people. And so for a while, I was a legal services attorney in Santa Monica representing lower income individuals and eviction cases, cases for government benefits. And um, I met an attorney there who had his own practice. And we developed that practice into one of the premier civil rights and employment law practices. And the things that I love about civil rights, police misconduct, employment cases, is we really are representing the underdog against corporations, the government, in situations where, you know, when people complain about things, either in their, in their workplace or with against the police, oftentimes those complaints are not received, well received. Oftentimes there's retaliation by the police sometimes and by companies. Mm -hmm. So people really do need lawyers who are dedicated to basically going in and rooting out the evidence and protecting them in those situations. So uh, I very much enjoyed my career as a civil rights lawyer, still very active, have a very active practice to say the least. And uh, it really is rewarding to be able to help people out at the end of the day and bring justice in a situation. They were in a situation where they're absolutely sometimes powerless. And we use the legal system to empower them and give them the power to get justice. Oh, that that is wonderful. Thank goodness there are attorneys like you with with those those values that that can help, like you said, the underdog. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Appreciate now, that. <laughs> now, uh, you have it sounds like you've tried lots of interesting cases. Can you give us some examples of how medical records may have made a difference in your trials? Yeah. Well, 
when people are injured, the, you know, oftentimes the medical records are you, you have to get them right away. Right. And so when the, when a person comes into my office, first thing is list all your medical doctors. Then I'll send a follow up email. Here's who we have for your medical doctors or have my staff send it one way or the other. Have them write down on a, on a piece of paper so that my staff can immediately get out those HIPAA release forms along with requests for medical information. Because as you know, sometimes it takes a while to get those medical records into your office. So that that's the first step. And then you really need to have a system where, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a triage system in my office. I have a paralegal team. Sometimes I'll have the paralegals review them. If the records are very, very voluminous, then you've got to turn to someone like yourself, right? A nurse consultant to review those records and kind of synthesize them. Very important to speak with your nurse consultant. Let them know what you're looking for. Let them know what the case is about, the points of emphasis. And there are times when you really, in order to prove liability, you need an expert right away. A wrongful death case, the cause of death. I mean, we handle cases, you know, so often look at the George Floyd case that I followed very closely where, you know, you have someone who is who is ingested drugs, ingested fentanyl, you know, killed Michael Jackson, killed Prince. The case is in Minnesota. Well, if he's ingesting fentanyl is, is you know, it was he the cause of his death? Well, of course not. When you had an officer with the knee on the neck for nine minutes, but often cases are not that clear right you know it's it, it it you know it's just a we had a case a similar case here in los angeles where the time on the neck the officer said that he did a chokehold for less than 10 seconds now, i think it was a little longer than that but we were able to prove through the use of experts in the medical records that no the cause of the death was cutting off oxygen and not unfortunately the drugs that this man had ingested but there was a whole nother aspect to my practice and that is we sometimes represent doctors we represent nurses. We represent phlebotomists. Um, had a, a race discrimination case on behalf of an African-American phlebotomist that went to trial two years ago. Mm. Well, when I got the emails in that case with her coworkers complaining about her, I was like, hmm, they were complaining that she was a threat to patient safety. That's not a good thing, as you know, <laughs> right? If your client is a threat to patient yeah. safety. But we were able to prove that she was actually being harassed and that part of that harassment was loading her up with blood draws so that she had more than she could handle calling her on the phone where are you where are you well guess what you can't answer the phone when you're drawing blood right <laughs> and you say well she's not answering the phone and so by really digging we were able to prove that it was the harassment but what did we have to do now of course here you have this, the challenge where it's third-party medical records that are relevant. There were no doctor complaints. There were no nurses complaints. There were no patient complaints about our client. It's just these co-workers who were not black and had it in for her and, and said some things behind her back. So what we did was we had to request all of the blood draw records to show that our that what she was telling us was true that she was being given more blood draws and doing more blood draws than any other phlebotomists. Well, of course you get all types of objections on that. So as an attorney, it's very important objections because those patients whose blood is being drawn have privacy rights, right? So, but as an attorney, it's, we don't need the names. We don't need to know who those people are. We're just looking for numbers, right? Yeah. Well, we get the medical records back, the, the blood draw records back and they, 
black out everyone's name so that we can't see who's who, just our five. So, so how can we do the comparator? <laughs> yeah. So we had to go in again and get the judge to say, unredact those names. And we were able to put together a very nice graphic for closing argument, showing the jury that indeed what our client said was true, that the African-American phlebotomists were given more work more, and, and that the complaints about them weren't true. Because if my client's shirking her work, well, how is she drawing more blood than anybody else in her shift? You know, she she was a good employee and a good person. And so that's that's an example of where you can use medical records, even if you don't have the actual records to to win a trial. And, and the jury saw through this, awarded um, a, a nice verdict. It was about a $1.6 million verdict in, on her behalf um, when uh, because of the harassment she faced at work. And it was a way for us to use use the medical records to achieve justice in an unconventional way in, in that situation. Yeah, that's wonderful. Medical records, they just... They just tell what happened. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, you know, you can try and hide, you can try and duck, but they just tell the truth of what happened by what's written there or what's missing. So thank goodness you, your clients have you to, to support them and use those medical records to get the justice for them. Yeah, I had another great example just briefly where I represented a transplant surgeon. And this this doctor had uh, complained about uh, ethical violations of his of the department head. They were manipulating the scores. You know, they have the whole uh, meld scores where pe- you know, people are, you know, where they are on the list for transplants that he was uh-huh. manipulating to get organs delivered to his institution and, and, and you know, beating out other other people. He made the complaint. They terminated him, but we were just stuck with a defamation case because of those arbitration clauses that people sign sometimes. But they said in retaliation there that the surgeon was incompetent. Well, this doctor had saved all his operative reports. We went through 19 liver transplants. He was a brilliant surgeon. And he described to the jury an interesting tidbit of each of the surgeries and he had been successful in 19 of 20 of liver transplants, which is a great, great. I mean, there, you know, un, you know, unfortunately, not everyone who goes through a liver transplant ends up surviving, you know. And, and and the one death, of course, they made a big deal about it, that that was his fault and that he was really bad. And, and that came out. But you know what else we did in that case with the medical records? Sometimes the old fashioned way works real well. I put a the butcher paper right up to the to, next to the witness. And for every successful liver transplant he did, we just put a number and we put the date of, of the, of the successful surgery. And then, okay, this was a grueling 10 week trial. I won't go into the reasons why I was stuck in San Bernardino, California for 10 weeks on this trial through Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Martin Luther King day. I'm like, if I'm here on Valentine's day, but anyway, we got through it. And again, got a nice verdict on behalf of our client. But at the end of the trial, I was able to synthesize that and like, look, you know, the butcher paper didn't lie. These were all successful surgeries. You can't be an incompetent surgeon if you've, successfully transplanted 19, 19 livers. So again, uh, we were able to use the medical records and, and deep dive into them. And as employment lawyers, that's what we end up doing. We end up learning about the, you know, the, the jobs that our clients do. And the more you can get into their lives and have an understanding of the challenges they face at work, the better we're able to convey that to a jury to show why they were unfairly treated. Excellent, excellent. Now. 
I, you take a wide variety of cases. <laughs> it definitely looks like. How, how do you pick and choose, or uh, which cases you should take, shouldn't take, and 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 if you bypass a case, why? Well, I think one of the most important attributes of a good case for me is: does it get me in my gut? You know, does is this something where I? see it and I'm like, that's outrageous. Or, you know, that, that really is something that is, is, um, you know, where wrongdoing was done where there was an abuse of power and that could take a lot of different forms. What I don't do is allow, say the medical specials, i.e. the, you know, amount of medical bills to determine if I would take a case. Cause a lot of times these cases, especially in the employment arena have a very high, it, psychological, emotional component, which won't necessarily be reflected in medical bills. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at a few things. I mean, one is um, the wrongdoing of the defendant. Two is how does my client come across? You know, if you, if you, these cases are, you know, they're long battles and you're, you're, you're claiming that your client was mistreated. So they have to come across really well in order to get a jury to pay the money. It's not a case where someone is in a car accident, someone made an illegal left turn and liability is clear, right? I mean, the, the jury wants to know that this person was dedicated to the job or not doing something that was so wrong, say in police misconduct cases, that, you know, they, they um, the, the, police act, the police action was justified and warranted under the circumstances. So you look at your client. And then, you know, we have to have a defendant who can end up compensating our client. You know, it has to be a larger corporation or where there's an insurance policy or, or a government agency. So you really have to look at that. You know, there's so many things that happen wrong in our society where people don't have lawsuits. And, you know, one one governing factor is, is there a defendant that you get a recovery for? These cases, you just have to work too hard and invest too much to not be able to get um your client compensated and you paid at the end of the day after, you know, at times what's years of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I know that's important. I've been a nurse over 30 years and I've seen people, injured folks and at, at rehab, at the hospital, in intensive care. And, uh, you know, I often wonder <laughs> when they get out of here, how, how are they going to manage the rest of their lives if, you know, they were injured through no, no, no fault of their own. So thank goodness you're here to do that for them. Right. And that's where a life care planner comes in in, as an expert is so important because, you know, that those costs over years can, you know, exponentially increase when you look at the, you know, how much things cost now as compared to 20 years ago Mm -hmm. at at life expectancy. So uh, you really need to, um, in these cases, employ um, experts, um, you know, at at your earliest opportunity when, when it's important. Look, you know, as plaintiffs, lawyers, you know, we end up having to pay for that stuff out of pocket. So you can't just bring experts into the case every time you have a, a you know, a case. But where it's necessary, you can't skimp on that. If you need financial backing, you need to, you know, get the financial backing to do it because that is the way that you can put the case over the top in terms of what you're trying to accomplish. Right. And when those medical records come across your desk, piles and piles of them that, you know, some attorneys have a special method. They may have a, a, a legal nurse consultant on payroll or a nurse paralegal, or they review themselves after many decades of experience. Do you, what kind of uh, procedure or protocol do you have specifically, if any, 
to manage medical records that come it, with your cases. Yeah. I mean, for my practice, we really do do it on a case by case basis. I will get in there and look at the medical records myself. I mean, you know, sometimes I'd rather look at them myself because I feel like, you know, exactly like I know what I'm looking for. But let's face it. We're litigators. We're busy. We don't always have time for that. And you're 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 really better off if you employ someone. Now, I've had paralegals who we train what we're looking for and have have them do it. I don't have someone who's specially trained as a, as a nurse to do that. I, the, the firms that I do, I think it's, it's a one wonderful thing, but that's where you go to outside help um, in terms of employing a nurse consultant. But another way is go to an expert. I mean, if you've got a case where, you know, liability is going to, you know, hinge on the cause of death and it's either, you're either going to have it or you're not, then it makes sense to pay an expert early on to look at this before you get too deep in the case. Because if, you know, if you can't prove that their other party's actions caused your client's death and there was a cause that isn't part of the lawsuit, well, you know, it's, you'd rather know that earlier on in the case than, than, than later. Definitely. Experts definitely have their place. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when those, uh, when you, you know, Deal with some of those records yourselves because you you know what you're looking for. Uh, what do you find, if anything, to be the most complicated, frustrating, or puzzling about uh, uh, regarding those medical records? Well, I think one thing is is you know your client comes to you and, and they come to you with a a number of symptoms sometimes that that happen, especially you know when you've got a situation, for instance, like a traumatic brain injury where maybe they haven't lost conscious, but consciousness at the, at the event, and it's not well documented. And they say, well, I've been suffering this, this, and this. And then you get the medical records from an emergency room, you know, and, or for instance, and the symptoms that your client is sure that they told the nurse or the doctor are not reflected in the medical records, right? So that that can be that can be a little bit frustrating, um, you know. And then you really have to look at, you know, well, what was the what was the situation there? You know how, you know, there can be reasons for that. And um, you know, another time that happens is when a doctor is is in a particular specialty, and the doctor is just looking at the one specialty, but they have other issues going on. And the doctor just doesn't note those things. So um, I think that 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 is a but that is a big thing. The other thing is, oftentimes when people go to the doctor, what are they doing? They're filling out forms where they're circling this and that, right? So yeah, if you've been hurt and you think that you may have a case, be very careful about filling out those forms. You want to fill them out accurately. You want to be truthfully. You want to be truthful rather. And and you know I've had clients who have had two different cases going on. And they're just focusing on this doctor with this one case, this doctor with the other case, but they're leaving out the fact that they have a different case. Don't do that if you're a patient. You know, be honest. I mean, you can have more than one thing going on and it's okay. But as lawyers, we have to know about that in order to explain it. The worst thing that could happen is if a client's credibility is impacted by them not being completely candid with the doctor or telling something to the doctor that wasn't true. And then that comes, that comes back to, to hurt them. So you have to look at it as your, is it your client or the doctor? And sometimes, you know, you're not entirely sure. <laughs> mm. Well, I like creating a, a story or a narrative 
from just a pile of uh, of, of records and uh, charts and uh, check forms. It still t- tells, tells a story. So thank goodness uh, you do employ sometimes a nurse consultant to take a look. It could be very helpful. Absolutely. I mean, there it's it really is invaluable because, you know, and there's sometimes things that we, you know, when you're looking at vital signs and so on, you know, we, we as lawyers might overlook and don't have an, uh, don't have an understanding, don't know that that's important. And someone mm-hmm. can, can let you know why it is. So, um, yeah, you, you, you have you have to trust people with, you know, the, the expertise in that area to help you out to uh, get the job done. Wonderful. Now, finally, what I know you've given a lot of information, a lot of good advice, but any more nuggets of knowledge that you have for our newbie attorneys or or our veteran attorneys, any other advice that you have for them about deciding to take these cases that involve medical records? Well, I think I, I may have mentioned it, but don't, you know, don't let the medical specials guide you entirely as to whether or not you're going to take a case. Look at how your client's been harmed. There's sometimes people get hurt and there is no way for them, you know, to go through physical therapy. They're just going to have to suffer pain. And, you know, our jury instructions instruct a jury that, they, that a jury must award fair and reasonable compensation for someone's pain. So really um, get to know those clients if, if you can. I mean, I've spent, you know, week, weeks can be hectic. So, you know, I know it's our weekends, but, you know, if, if having a client in your office on a Saturday or on Zoom these days sometimes, you know, where, you're, where you don't feel like the emails and phone calls are, are, are off the hook, so to speak, spend time with your client and find out how they've been harmed that's what that's what we're about trying to get people reasonably compensated for for harm and oftentimes that harm has both an emotional psychological component look at you know like before and after you know what was your like life before this what is your life after you know how has your life been changed so while medical records are critical they don't always tell the whole story so get to know your your client and make sure that if they need that help, that they're getting that medical or psychological help that they need. You know, it, it, you know, it's easy to find doctors on a lean, not as easy to find psychologists or psychiatrists on a lean. You know, so, you know, that's something to, to try to broaden your network or get them on a sliding scale. But if they're having a hard time, you know, you don't want them going off the deep end and doing something stupid that's going to unravel their case. Make sure they're get, getting the, 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 the help that they need. And. One final thing, when when you get those doctor reports, especially when you've sent your client to someone, usually the last paragraph or two ends up having a bunch of recommendations for what tests your client should have or what follow-up treatment they should have. And, you know, make sure you read it to the end and make sure that your client is following those doctor's recommendations. You know, if a doctor's recommended they get this treatment, and then nobody thinks about it, the client doesn't think about it, and then the treatment doesn't happen, that's something that could be used against you at trial. Well, how, how hurt was the client really? Or how interested were they really in getting better if they didn't follow what the doctor's recommendations were? So pay attention to that and make sure your doctor, your patient, your patient, our client, the doctor's patient, <laughs> is getting the help that they need uh, according to the doctor's recommendations. Oh, that sounds like good advice, treating clients like people <laughs> and uh, and, uh, you know, attorneys following 
the whole trail of breadcrumbs to the end. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Good advice. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you got you, you to gotta keep digging. And, I, and I'm fortunate enough to have a great team of attorneys uh, who, uh, who, who assist you doing that. It, it takes a village to uh, successfully litigate a case. That, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, if you're a solo and you have a big case or something like that, you know, don't hesitate to bring in more experienced attorneys, you know, to, to, to help if, if you need it, you know, if, if the case warrants it, that, that, um, you know, uh, teamwork makes the dream work, as they say. All right. All right. And it takes a village to get justice. So that sounds good James, I think we're getting to the question answer period of our show. We take and uh, we're going to take questions from anybody that may be viewing out there. If you have questions, start getting them and getting them ready and put them in the chat or the comments box. And Jane is going, Jim is going to answer them. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) Yes. Well, my, yes, I'm here to answer them. And my parents named me Vincent James and uh, I I was always called by my middle name. So nickname is Jim or Jimmy, but uh, but B James D. Simone. (laughs) Well, they called me my middle name when they were angry with me. So, but that's, (laughs) That's not the same for you. Oh, yeah, when you, when you got the first and middle name, Vincent oh. James. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Excellent. Well, everybody, get your questions together and get ready. Jim will answer them. And while you're getting those questions together, it is time for what I call a small commercial break. <laughs> where I talk to you about our sponsor, which is Wade Nurse Consultants. <laughs> and, and then we'll get right back to Jim. <laughs> so at, at Wade Nurse Consultants, we say that, you know, attorneys like yourselves, personal injury, even uh, civil attorneys, <laughs> uh, workers comp, sometimes when those medical records come, it's good to have a helper to kind of review them and break them down. And at Wade Nurse Consultants, we do a one to two page synopsis and give an opinion on the merits of your case if you you need that case screened. We, well, I use my 30 years of nursing experience to make really fast, quick work of medical case screening. So if you're watching this and you already have a nurse paralegal on the payroll, this isn't for you. It's for if you, you know, uh, a solo practitioner, you need a little help making some of those records a little more clear uh, and uh, you want to focus on your all your time on the legal aspects and legal strategies in your case. Here's what you do. You are going to find in this chat and in the description box of this YouTube channel a link to schedule an appointment for a free 20 minute medical case strategy call or case screening call. And there we'll help you hone an efficient and timely cost-effective routine around reviewing the medical records in your litigations. So look for that name and number and that link inside the description box of this YouTube channel. And now, Back to Q&A for Jim DeSimone. Let's take a look, Jim. Do we have anybody, any questions in there today? No. 
Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. If we don't have any questions live, I'm going to also put Jim's contact information inside the description box for this YouTube channel and feel free to reach out to him. Or if you're catching us on the replay, put your questions in the comment box and we'll make sure they get to Jim and he will answer them. Is that right, Jim? Absolutely. I always try to do what I can to help uh, other uh, attorneys or people in the situation. And if, and if I don't think I can help, I, if I can, try to point them in the right direction to somebody who can. Uh, well, it, it sounds like you are an excellent resource for other attorneys like yourselves uh, with, uh, you know, maybe not so much experience as you. You can help them along. That's what it's all about. You know, in our our side of the V, so to speak, we're plaintiffs, lawyers, we represent people. Uh, there really is camaraderie among star group and, you know, a, a lot. And, and, and it really is uh, very rewarding to work together with people who are like minded and trying to get justice for folks. And um, lots of people help me along the way. And we always do what we can to uh, re return that to, to other individuals who have uh, who want to get justice for their clients. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, thank you. I think we're going to wind up today, Jim. And uh, thank you so much for being here, sharing all of your insider information, all of your unique knowledge and experience with all of our viewers today. It was my pleasure, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, thank you. So we've come to the end of another Should You Take That Case. Please remember, if you have any questions for Jim, or for me, check out our contact information inside the description box for this YouTube channel. And we'll get those answers to you right away. Also, like and subscribe to this channel, if you would, and turn on your notifications so you will know when our next show is. You'll get a reminder. Wonderful. And watch us next week. Uh, when our guest will be Rosemary McGetty, Esquire. So tune in next week, Monday, 5.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of Should You Take That Case? Thanks, everyone. And thank you, Jim. Thank you, Lisa. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Should You Take That Case with your host, Lisa Wade, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, owner of Wade Nurse Consultants, and creator of our private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That is where we get all of our stellar attorney guests. The goal of our show is to be a resource for legal professionals who pursue medical cases by sharing their experiences and insights as defense or as plaintiff attorneys. You can catch prior episodes at www.wadenurseconsultants.com slash blog, on LinkedIn, and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel and sharing this show with others. 